are truly a gift to the body of Christ, and I don't say that um, haphazardly or whatever. They are truly, truly a gift to the body of Christ. Um, and just their longevity to stay in New Orleans, one of the most difficult mission fields uh, on those campuses, is just something to just be in awe and wonder of. So thank you for serving so well. Let's give it up for them again. How many of you are excited about the lights in Lafreniere Park? It's like $50 to put, you know, it's like, come on kids, we're just going to walk on the sidewalk next to Lafreniere. It's free. How many of you are excited about Christmas? Are you, are you, are you the people? There's about 80% of you are excited about Christmas. Some of them in the room, Jim, they don't, they're just so excited, like it's speechless. That's what happens. Like you get, some of you, I know, you're just looking at me in awe of the excitement that you have for the holiday season. So this week, we are beginning a series I'm excited about uh, called Awe and Wonder. Awe and Wonder. Now, I want you to do this. Got to play along. Everybody go like this. No, I didn't say say anything. <laughs> Open your mouth. Why? That's what awe and wonder looks like. It's like, you know, that's what you all have been doing all morning when Jen was talking. You're just in awe and wonder of, of, of just what she's saying about this whole journey. Um, we are focusing on the awe and wonder uh, that the Bible describes surrounding the first Christmas, which was the birth of Jesus. And, you know, at times we can all forget what Christmas is truly all about, Right? And I don't think we do it deliberately, but, you know, the family gatherings, the Christmas party, the gifts to give, the, the meals to prepare, someone you're getting, breaking out in hives thinking about this right now. And there are so many things that go on during this time of the year, even, even from Thanksgiving on, that it can be so easy to lose focus and to lose perspective and miss out on what Christmas is all about. If we aren't careful, we can lose, as Jen said this, the awe and the wonder of why we celebrate this whole thing, why we celebrate Christmas. We just miss it. It goes by. Don't miss Christmas. Don't miss Christmas. It's a season where we're celebrating the hope. Say that with me, hope, that we have through Jesus Christ. And what's funny is, is that many non-Christians, people who don't follow Jesus, Guess what? They, they got a tree with a nativity scene. They celebrate Christmas too. And it's sad because they are missing out on the awe and the wonder of what it's all about. Because removing Christ from Christmas is not just a neat little sign to put in your yard or a bumper sticker. It truly removes the true and the deep and the real meaning of the season, of the holiday, and the awe and the wonder of it all. And so the passage that we're looking at today is found in the book of Luke. We're going to go to Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. It's described some of the events that led up to the birth of Jesus. And so you can look at the screen or on your app, uh, your Bible phone app if you have one. Luke chapter 1, 26 through 38. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel 
Gabriel to Nazareth. Please listen to this story. Like, listen carefully, because a lot of times we just know the story, but we glance over it. God sent an angel who had a name, and he sends it to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin, very specific, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin, there it is again, name was Mary. I mean, put that in the context of today. I'm not even going to say it because y'all going to start laughing. If someone added that description to your name, I mean, it's, a, it's very important there. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, it's okay to, to call somebody that. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive, excuse me, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I'm a virgin, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who, excuse me, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. I'm praying for some of y'all today. Anyway, for no word from God will ever fail. I don't know about you, but if I was Mary, I would be like this. I mean, we don't have the specific details in this story, right? She was a human just like us. If you don't think she had these emotions and feelings that we're going through, you know, in, in our context, in our day, you, you, I'm telling you, she had to be, what are you talking about? What is going on? And then she says this, the most powerful statement I've seen in a long time. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. I want to speak today specifically about the awe and the wonder of the promise. The awe and wonder of the promise. Jesus, have your way in hearts and minds today. Amen. You remember, when you were a child, how magical Christmas was. Now, there's a lot of people today that I meet, unfortunately, don't have a good experience when it comes to the holidays. And, I, and I, that is really sad to me, because I had a great upbringing. My parents loved Christmas. They love the holidays. And I often meet people who, even though they don't care much for the the holidays, um, they tend to sense that something's going on. Something's happening here. Something incredible about the season. You can't help but feel the magic of Christmas. I mean, it's on 101.9, right? I mean, I wait anxiously. I have it unsaved on my dial the magic of Christmas. Am I the only one that turns that on on, on, Christmas, on Thanksgiving Day? And it goes through. Dominic, don't laugh. 
You have the tree, you have the gifts, you have the lights on the houses. My kids love to drive through. Go down Transcontinental and you got like this house. You can't see the house. It's got lights everywhere. And, and we love those things. We, you know, we love the reindeer and Santa Claus and, and, and the whole uh, cheesy Hallmark Christmas movies, which I can give you the plot if you'd like it so you can save your time. We love the Amazon packages on our doorsteps. What have we come to? But for most children, Christmas is a time filled with wonder and amazement. You know, confession, I was in eighth grade when this kid in my class started saying stuff about Santa and whatnot and and, and I'm like, yeah, well, he's, he's ready. And we go, we're going back and forth. And he's, yes, eighth grade. And he says, there's no such thing as Santa. I'm like, <laughs> loser. <laughs> I go home. Mom, can you believe this? This kid in my class said there's no such thing as Santa. Can you believe that? Got any kids in the room right now? I'm sorry, I'm having a very difficult time right now saying this. My mom looks at me, and her face gets a little red, and I'm like, but it wasn't the awe kind (laughs) of. And I was like, what? What's wrong? She goes, Chris, um, we've been meaning to have this talk for a while. I'm like, what? She goes, there's no, you know, I'm not going to say it. It's on recording, and I don't want kids to. What? What about... The Easter Bunny. What? What about the Tooth Fairy? What? <laughs> and I immediately went from shock to embarrassment when I realized that I was in the eighth grade. <laughs> and I started going through all the conversations for all those years. I'm like, Mom, what? she goes, I don't know. You just kept believing. So we just kept going with it. And I mean, it was just a, a, a huge thing in my life. Don't judge me, okay? I can feel the stairs. It's sad, though, when you lose that awe and wonder of something that was once so special to you, no matter what it is. You know, as we grow up, if we can be honest, we say goodbye to the wonder and the amazement of childhood, and, and we say hello <laughs> to the normal and the mundane of adulthood. And everything can kind of begin to feel like, you know, been there, done that, same old, same old. What happens is your actuality replaces your amazement. You just become, this is it, this is life, this is the deal. And if we're honest, a lot of us tend to get bored with life. Um, Everything begins to feel like a chore. You know, even Christmas, the Christmas holiday, it feels different as a parent than it does as a child. Very different. We stop being curious about things. We stop really paying attention to things, as Jen mentioned. It takes a lot to impress us. And, you know, we've been around the block a few times. And, but regardless of where we are in life, we all have a deep longing for something more. We crave that sense of awe and wonder. And the reason we long for more is because we were created for more. The reason we long for more is because we were created for more. And maybe you're here today, 
And you can identify with, with losing that sense of awe and wonder during the holidays and longing for more out of life. And here's what I do know, is that the longing you will always feel inside can only be truly filled by one, our creator. And that's why Jesus came to this earth. And Jesus is the wonder and amazement that everyone is searching for, even if they don't know it. Jesus is, and he's the greatest gift that we can receive, Christmas or any other time of the year. And we long to be loved unconditionally. Our soul longs to be reconnected with the one that is the source of life. Jesus is the awe and wonder that God brought to earth. And, you know, our longings will never be fulfilled in any other way, by any other person, in anything. And, And so we tend to find that everything else tends to fall short or we get over it. That doesn't happen with Jesus. There's a way of looking at the world and experiencing the world with fresh eyes and begin to, we have to force ourselves to look at things that way and, and, a, and a fresh new heart. And this isn't just for non-believers. This is for Christians. A lot of people who've been following Jesus have lost their awe and their wonder of God. It just becomes rote. It just becomes normal. It just, and we've got to get that back. And, you know, just like marriage, the honeymoon doesn't last. There's not many of us that can, you know, 15, 20 years later, I'm still in the honeymoon phase, man. Good for you. Let us know how that works out, you know. Our Christian walk can be the same way. It starts off with the fire. Man, I'm fire for God. And, and I remember how zealous I was and, and years ago when I became a follower. And, you know, and then we just get comfortable. We stop looking at things. Our heart becomes cold towards the things. And, and, and sadly, sometimes when we forget to experience him like we did before, we're always looking for that salvation moment, but it only happens once. We've got to recapture a new moment. We've got to recapture that awe and wonder differently this time. And unfortunately, sometimes when we don't, we just fade away. When we lose that. So the awe and wonder is not just about the experience. It's just about making sure that you don't just fade away from it because you've lost it. But I can tell you that there is hope. There is hope that we can get that back. You know, every part of the Christmas story is filled with awe and wonder. Mary and Joseph were filled with awe and wonder. The shepherds were filled with awe and wonder. The magi were filled with awe and wonder. There is something about seeing and truly experiencing Jesus. Not, not some kind of religious encounter or, or some kind of, you know, uh, exciting worship service, which is great. I'm not knocking that. But when you truly experience Jesus, it evokes a awe and a wonder in our lives that nothing else will. And so let's look at the story again real quick to recapture that. Luke chapter 1. Look at 26 and 27. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Now again, as I mentioned earlier, imagine what this girl was going through. Most people don't know that Mary was not a 21-year-old girl. She wasn't 20. She wasn't 19. Most people believe that she was between 12 and 14. Chrysalyn, my oldest, just to give you some context, is 13. So possibly younger than Chrysalyn, or about her age. And so 
she probably had, in this context, her whole life planned out. You know, there's her relative Elizabeth was, was pregnant and six months carrying John the Baptist, if you know the story. And there's a lot happening here. Mary was planning to get married to someone who her parents arranged for her to get married to. Because that happens. They didn't have um, uh, Christian mingle. And so she was pledged. Daddy was Christian mingle. But anyway, and, you know, it was a done deal. And they, and they were as good as already married in that culture, even though they weren't living together yet, or even though they didn't have the, the wedding ceremony. And, th- and so they would have their wedding, and then next thing you know, they would have children, and they would have grandchildren, and everything was all going to be perfect, and her perfect life was in front of her, and then an angel shows up. <laughs> See, when we equate it just to a Christmas story, and it's make an angel showed up, people, to this young girl. Imagine that. Imagine what she was experiencing. And the angel in verse 28 and 29 went to her and said, Greetings, like that helps, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this can be. Can you imagine? She's like, okay, is this the good witch or the bad witch? I mean, is this the good one or the bad? I mean, what is happening here? So fear sets in. And in verse 30 and 33, it says, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Because he knew she was what? Afraid. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will, say will, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you were to call him Jesus. He, what? Will be great, and will be called the son of the most high God. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. The promises of God are true and real. The angel said, don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. He didn't say that you are God's favorite. Some of us take that to the extreme. Or God is doing you a favor. He didn't say that she was any more special than anyone else, than any other girl in Israel that was obedient to God. He said this important thing. You have favor. You have undeserved grace. She was being offered undeserved favor from God. There was nothing she could have done to earn this. It was the favor of God. And this child was going to be great. And the angel was proclaiming that he will be the son of the Most High. Mary's probably thinking, I'm just a teenage girl. This is so crazy. Pregnant, much less God pregnant? Come on, people. Luke 1, 34-37, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit, there it is, will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy Spirit, um, so the Holy One to be born, will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. A virgin birth, okay? A virgin birth. Now, I'm not a doctor, but I've been around long enough to know how things work, people. (laughs) And it don't work like that, okay? Sorry to bust some of your bubbles today. 
But seriously, you know, we can look at this and say, yeah, 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 I've heard that story. I've heard the virgin birth story, whatever. But yeah, I believe it. No, I don't. Just kind of haphazard. No, like she was really a virgin. <laughs> really. It's true. And so, of course, it makes sense that she would be like, um, thanks. But how is this going to work? No, I'm being serious. How is this going to happen? Because I know a little bit about what it takes to have a child. I'm not joking. Can you imagine that what she thought in that moment? And Gabriel doesn't say, you wouldn't understand. Shut up, little girl. God's going to do what he's going to do. No. He didn't say, you don't, know the, you don't need to know the details. He explains how. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Think of what she was going through in this moment. This young girl needing some reassurance from God. Scared to death. But in essence, she is told something we've got to grasp this morning. That God's power will fulfill his promise from the beginning of time. Can I just be transparent for a moment? I have literally heard people accuse God of taking advantage of a young lady. Christians, non-Christians, I've heard the our people say that is the worst story in mankind. That God would abuse. I've even heard the word rape applied to it. And the problem with that is that's the way our corrupt mind works. That's the way of the world's understanding. And that's why we often lose the awe and the wonder because we don't understand who God is and that he wouldn't do things like that and that there's a bigger purpose and there's a bigger plan. This was a divine miracle. This was talked about years before. This wasn't just some haphazard idea that came out of nowhere. It was part of God's eternal plan from the beginning. And sometimes when we look at things through the lenses of human eyes, we corrupt what is holy and we lose the awe and wonder of the promises of God. And to make it more of a miracle, not only was she told that she would conceive and have a baby, she was given the baby's gender. No time for a sonogram. (laughs) No time to look through the baby name books on baby.com. The name was given. No time for any of that stuff. She was even given a description of his life and his purpose. And I'm thinking, come on, Gabriel. Are you kidding me? You're taking all the fun out of pregnancy. I've been planning the Facebook reveal for weeks. What are you doing? You're ruining it for me. Me and Joseph don't get to argue about the name of the child, which we know the woman wins all the time, but that's another story. I'm being funny, but when you think about it, it just goes to show again how much she's going through. 
in this moment. In Luke 30, in verse 37 and 38, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. You see why I was preparing you for what she was going through? To say that still tells you a lot about God and a lot about people who trust in his promises. You know, Gabriel's words, no, no word of God will ever fail, are wonderful assurance to us. God hasn't missed one thing ever. You know what? God has a 100 plus A plus, perfect score on his word, never failing. He's passed the test all the time. Listen closely. Mary had had hope in God's promise. Mary had hope in God's promise. The Bible says in Hebrews 11.1, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will what? Actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. The issue with with using this English word hope is that it's always based on chance. See, we are chancing that this is going to work out in our favor. But in the Bible, the word hope is always based on certainty. It's kind of (laughs) like buying a $2 Powerball ticket. You know, I hope this, this is the one. Even though I spent $1,000 and this is going to win me 500 this is the one. Some of you need to think about that. <laughs> I hope the Saints beat the 49ers today. I had to say that in church so that it would be fulfilled. You know, I hope I get over this cold. I hope my boss gives me a raise. I hope this person will ask me out. I hope I pass that exam that I'm studying for or I should be studying for. You know, we can look at this story and find hope that God's promises will come to pass. The story of the virgin Birth gives us a sense of hope and wonder and awe. And here's what we need to know this morning. God's promise of Jesus plus God's promises to us equals our ability to have hope and to surrender to his plan. Listen to just a few of those promises in the Bible. Financial provision. Psalm 23.1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He promises the salvation of your house. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved, you and your household. Help in times of trouble, Isaiah 30, 19. He will be very gracious to you at the voice of your cry when he shall hear it. He will answer you. The list could go on and on and on and on, but his promises happen. There is hope. You can make it. This plan of your life is in the hands. Think about it. It's in his hands of the one who fulfilled his promise of a virgin birth. That should cause us all to stand back, open our mouths in awe and wonder, in amazement of who he is. Say it with me. It's all 
in his hands. Say it. It's all in his hands. Let me give you a little perspective. A basketball that costs 10 bucks in my hands ain't worth nothing. But put it in LeBron James's hand and it's worth about $35 million. <laughs> a football in my hand is worth six bucks. In Drew Brees, it's worth $24 million. Two fish and five loaves of bread is a fish sandwich in my hands. It feeds thousands in Jesus' hands. It all depends whose hands it's in. Nails in my hand might produce a birdhouse. Probably not. But nails in Jesus Christ's hands will produce salvation for the entire world. Awe and wonder. So put your concerns, put your worries. John, you can come up. Put your fears, your hopes, your dreams, your families, and your relationships in God's hands. Look, put the holidays in his hands. Because when it's in his hands, it's going to be all right. He can do more in his hands than you can do with your own. You know, God's promise arrived at, on Christmas Day, and his name was Jesus Christ. God's promise is here today, and his name is Jesus. God's promise in your life will be fulfilled. You have to believe that. So we must follow Mary and her response and not our own natural responses. Because for us, we might have said, Angel, you have lost your mind. No offense. You're scaring, frightening me to death, but you've lost your mind. Angel... How am I going to explain this to everyone? They're going to think I'm nuts. And you know people are going to be judging, talking about Mary. So you notice a little belly bump. Oh, by the way, it's God's son. Right? They were just as crazy as us. Don't think that they were more spiritual. Trust me. They were thinking the same things we would think. You know, Angel, I'm not really into this plan. I know it's from the throne. And I know an angel came and brought it. But I'm good with my own plan. How crazy is that? It happens because we've lost the awe and wonder. We, we miss that. And we miss being able to trust in him. And we wonder, is there another plan, maybe, better than this? But no, Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. <laughs> May your word be fulfilled. So for your family... No word of God will ever fail. Will you respond to God and surrender and rest in his plan? For your workplace, no word of God will ever fail. Can you respond to God and surrender and rest in his plan? This Christmas, are you stressed about the holidays? Respond to God and surrender and rest in his plan. The merger, will you? Respond to God and surrender and rest in his plan. Maybe your tendency might be to to question rather than surrender, which is normal. Most of us do. Can we all just make a decision this morning to trust him, to surrender to Jesus 
and rest in his plan. Mary didn't need to help God out. (laughs) She just needed to say, okay, I trust and rest in his plan. And as we do this, I believe that God will restore, restore a sense of awe and wonder in our lives again when we are on a journey of surrender and trusting in Jesus, awe and wonder become a natural byproduct. You know, faith says, I trust God enough to surrender even when I don't fully understand or know what the outcome will be. But we can all just trust in the promises of God this morning. Will you stand with me? Heaven knows what you're going through in this moment. No matter how small, no matter how big, don't put a size to your problem. Just put it in his hands. Because he can do more, again, than you could ever imagine if you trust his promises. Surrender and rest in his plan. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. God, that you would bring your comfort, your peace, your truth to our hearts this morning and our lives, that we can surrender and trust and rest, Lord. And Lord, I pray during this season that you would bring back the awe and the wonder to our lives again so that people would know. And help us to know that your promises are always true. They are yes and amen. If there's anyone, I'm going to ask our prayer team to come up. If there's anyone who needs prayer for anything, if you need to surrender your life to Jesus this morning, come on up and get prayer. If you need to begin to trust in his promises again, come on up and get prayer. If you need healing, come on up and get prayer. For everyone else, I want to bless you as you go and dismiss you. Father, bless them and keep them. May your face shine upon them. May you be gracious to them and give them peace for the journey. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, come on up. Not God bless you. We'll see you soon.